faithwire.com. The fight to get 250 Christians and orphans out of Afghanistan using an underground railroad. Today's Friday, September 3rd, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith Wire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. We, we're here every day, so we'd love to have you uh, join us as we go through the news and just find out uh, everything that's going on in the world and talk about it together. We'd love to have you here with us. So joining me as always, Trey Gons Phillips from faithfire.com with a quick look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Happy Friday, Dan. It's here. Uh, yes. It's here. Everybody go on to iTunes and give us all the stars, all the <laughs> thumbs up and leave us good reviews. And if you've got bad things to say, just don't say anything at all. Right, you can say them about someone else's podcast. Like we're okay <laughs> with you taking mean comments for us and just putting them on someone else's. We'll accept yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So coming up on the podcast, we're going to talk about Google Chromebook. They've been pulled from the so-called dirty dozen mm. list of companies that are propagating sexual exploitation. We'll have the explanation there. Uh, fact checkers, they don't want you to believe what you saw with your own <laughs> eyes uh, on Biden's watch. Literally. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Joe Biden again, you know, the devout Catholic, we should say. Uh, he said this morning that he does not agree uh, with those who think life begins at conception. So we'll have that audio as well. Sounds um, not very Catholic-y. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll get into that and we're going to start right here on a developing story in Afghanistan because we're on a diplomatic mission now, according to the State Department, but the mission isn't over yet. And uh, people are still working to evacuate people in desperate need in Afghanistan. Here's three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Hundreds of Americans and thousands of Afghan allies still looking to get out of the country. For them, the war's not over. And Representative Michael McCall from Texas talked to CBN News and said that people are dying right now and many more will die because they can't get out of there. They're trapped. President Biden touted the U.S. evacuation effort as the largest of its kind, which technically is probably accurate, but at the same time, it was clearly not handled um, well, and it was chaos, and uh, a lot of people died in that uh, chaos as well. So Rep. McCall went on to say that uh, they've been helping to fight um, for days to evacuate 250 Christian orphans uh, in an Afghan girls' choir, only to have the operation completely blocked. He said they had visas, they had a private plane waiting for them, the Taliban actually let them through, and our own U.S. government turned them away after sitting there for a day back to the Taliban. Joel Richardson with the uh, Global uh, Catalytic Ministries says that their rescue efforts faced what felt like, quote, deliberate interference, he called it, each step of the way from the State Department, even to the point, he said, where Albania had cleared a plane of refugees and they were in the air and the State Department refused to let them land. They actually had to turn around and go back. So what you're hearing in the news in terms of this great evacuation versus what we were seeing on the ground, it was night and day. This is what Richardson told CBN News in an exclusive interview. Uh, the bureaucratic holdups and the other roadblocks caused by official evacuation channels forced lawmakers like McCall to take matters into their own hands. He said it's almost like running a parallel government operation to go in and save lives because our own government wasn't doing an adequate enough job. And so private operations also have bypassed the U.S. government. 
Um, one of the most successful is known as the Commercial Task Force. It was made up of thousands of volunteers and originally formed to rescue uh, a small group of children. The team ended up evacuating more than 5,000 Afghans. Um, uh, task Force volunteer Zach Van Meter said, We really tried to target the people we thought were the highest priority. Anything that by the Taliban's declaration would be considered a target. Um, so amazing efforts going on right now. And here's here's number two on that. Among those efforts, um, what's being dubbed as an underground railroad is starting to be created to help get people out. Um, that's what Richardson describes it as. He says, we're essentially establishing an underground railroad. It's a matter of finding a network of safe locations, getting them places where they can uh, sort of lay low in the interim, little by little, and we're running over, we've run over 50 operations so far. So these are happening right now, and you don't see much about them in the press. Uh, another well-known operation, Pineapple Express, involved current and former U.S. special operators, aid workers, and intelligence officers. Uh, and 30% of the Christians in their underground church, this is an interesting angle as well, they actually want to stay. So you've got a lot of Christians there, and I know CBN has reported on this as well, that want to stay in Afghanistan and continue to try to spread the gospel there. So, I mean, there's some heroes of the faith right there. Uh, and yeah. Richardson added that, in fact, we've got some of our leaders who were out of country when the Taliban takeover took place, and they actually have gone back to the country because they're so zealous for to see the church continue to expand and to see disciples being made. That's amazing stuff there. So so why does it matter? Number three here, I mean, look, Christians are, are in that crazy place. They're trapped. They're in danger. The Taliban's there. They're being persecuted. A lot of it's because of the failures of our own government here in America. So, so we've got to help. It's as simple as that. We can't give up. And these people are not giving up. And um, they're just among some of the groups that, that we can look to help uh, in the days and weeks to come. Yeah, you know, these stories about Christians in the Middle East who are facing such intense persecution and then obviously believers in China, it, whenever I hear these stories, it reminds me of the one of the blessings that we have in the West yeah. and certainly as Americans, but also it reminds me that the, the stories that we read about, like the persecution that happened to the disciples, uh, is not something that just is history and is like bygone. It's something that's still happening. It's just we're we're blessed to not be facing it immediately ourselves but but that kind of persecution that like that violent hatred is still happening uh, to the body of Christ and it's mm. just it's a good reminder that we need to be uh, to be praying for them obviously praying for those who are working to get out to get them and their families to safety and also like you said Dan to be praying for uh, the believers who want to stay behind real true true heroes yeah. uh, who want to stay behind and continue to spread the gospel yeah absolutely Story number two. So uh, Google finalized steps this month to make it more difficult for sexual exploitation to proliferate on its devices used by children. Uh, so here are th three things you need to know, starting number one with the details. So prior to the change, Google's Chromebook was featured on the Dirty Dozen list, which is published by the National Center on sexual exploitation. That's a nonprofit focused on fighting against mm. sex trafficking. Uh, so the list, which was first released in February, includes big tech companies, Encos argues uh, profit from sexual exploitation. The Google Chromebook was one of them. Uh, because it had been used so much by kids during the pandemic uh, amid you know distance learning and, and all of that. Uh, so the, the concern by ENCOS was that it was e easy for children to not only access sexually explicit content, but also to be reached out by bad actors online. 
Uh, so NCOS argued Google's refusal to turn on safety features for Chromebooks distributed to schools has resulted in countless students being left exposed to sexually explicit material and sexual predators on their school-assigned devices. More than 40 million students and teachers worldwide were using these popular devices prior to the pandemic, the nonprofit stated. Millions more received Chromebooks for virtual schooling during COVID-19. And instead of proactively keeping kids safe, this trillion-dollar tech giant, talking about Google, chooses to place the burden on overwhelmed schools and parents while leaving children at risk. But in late June, Jennifer Holland is the director of education program management at Google. Uh, she said that the company would be putting in place safety measures uh, beginning September 1st, so this week. Uh, she announced in late June, we're launching a new age-based access setting to make it easier for admins to tailor experiences for their users based on age when using Google services like YouTube, Photos, and Maps. Starting today, all admins from primary and secondary institutions must indicate which of their users, such as their teachers or staff, are 18 years or older using organizational units. Uh, so essentially, you know, the, the, the admin will then, you know, before it's given to the student, uh, will confirm whether this the student is 18 years or younger. And if it's younger, if the kid is younger than 18, uh, then they will automatically put all kinds of safety features, which will block them from uploading certain videos, accessing a lot of videos. Uh, they can't go to content except for what's been approved, pre-approved by the school. Um, and those settings can't be overridden except by the administrator uh, or you know, the teacher. Uh, so number two here, uh, Encos praised the change as a really good thing. Uh, the nonprofit CEO, Don Hawkins, said it's a great step forward for children's safety. And one of the directors for the organization, Lena Nealon, said that the new policy should become the industry standard. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? The issue, Dan, for Christians, obviously, is not just pornography. Uh, we obviously have moral issues with that, and we've, right. we've spoken about that on the podcast before. But it's also kids' potential exposure to sex trafficking and predators, which seems to be something that in the last couple of years has, has bubbled up to the surface as something that a lot of people are aware of, that, that sex trafficking is still pretty prolific throughout culture. Uh, and if the government is going to be issuing these devices or, you know, local school systems, whatever, uh, my thought is that they have a responsibility, you know, as, as best they can, you know, coupled with Google and big tech companies to keep those devices from being used uh, to bring harm to the kids who have access to them. Uh, because it's not just blocking pornography and keeping kids from looking at things they shouldn't see. Uh, it's also, like I said, keeping predators from being able to access them. And I would hate, we're already seeing this happen, and it, it's it's awful to see that these government-issued or school-issued devices are how predators are then, it's, it's their window in to getting in touch with underage children. Um, so it's anyway, this is a good a good thing. I'm glad to see that Google has, has put this system in place for these Chromebooks and hopefully it'll be implemented in you know schools around the country. Yeah. And um, as we uh, I know we discussed earlier, Trey, the, a viral video going around that showed some uh, some porn stars talking about uh, hmm. just this mindset of they didn't even see anything wrong with, you know, trafficking this stuff to kids. So yeah. you got predators on the one hand, but then just people who want kids to see porn like they they were discussing and talking just not even like a big deal about like engaging in sexual acts with kids. I mean, just very disturbing stuff. And it's like that's becoming kind of the norm now. It's kind of it's really disturbing that this is they're pushing this to be accepted and, and to be mainstream. It's really, really yeah. scary stuff. 
Yeah, and so. it's it's becoming harder to 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 see who are the predators and who aren't because, yeah. like you said, those kind of conversations are happening. And then also there's these you know reporters in the media who yeah. are saying, "Well, we need to create porn for children." Uh, so it's just parents need to be uber proactive with this kind of stuff. And the tools that Google is laying out for the Chromebook will be helpful, I think, in that. Yeah, definitely. All right, number three, uh, story number three. Um, this is. This is becoming one of my pet peeves, Trey, these these fact checkers. Uh, And so basically, USA Today decided to fact check um, and take a closer look at the whole Biden looking at his watch video from when 13 U.S. soldiers were transferred home to America over in Dover, Delaware, as is customary. And I I guess the fact checkers don't want you to believe your own eyes. So here, here are three things you need to know about what happened here, starting with number one, the details. And 13 American soldiers tragically died in that suicide bombing at Kabul airport. And when they were brought home, cameras caught Joe Biden. As he was paying his respects, he checked his watch several times. And um, a still shot of it was kind of memed relentlessly. And it and it was it was just the icing on a terrible botched and failed withdrawal just chaotic of U.S. troops from Afghanistan by pretty much all measures, except for Jennifer Rubin, maybe. Um, <laughs> it, it was a it was a disaster. And so his poll numbers were already tanking in the wake of this um, debacle. And the casual indifference Biden seemed to show during the ceremony just wasn't a good look. Now, I mean, obviously, he's a human being. He cares about people who were fallen. But I mean, just you're the president. You have to understand that all, everyone's eyes are on you at all times here. You can't be looking at your watch uh, in the middle of this service. So um, so he was blasted by several Gold Star families of those victims. And they claim that Biden just was kind of off and disinterested and rolled his eyes at them and, um, mm-hmm. you know, talked about himself more than more than their children who had died and their loved ones got snippy with families when they were venting their frustration towards him what'd you expect you know you're you're the you're the representative of the people you're the leader of the free world you're the leader of the military and so these people just lost loved ones from the military the buck literally stops with him he's just got to absorb that and you just gotta yeah be a shoulder to cry on and let them vent on you you know you just gotta do george bush would do that when when grieving families uh came to him he's the one that you know authorized the war and so he would handle that um, with dignity in class. And so that doesn't appear to be, at least for in, in the eyes of some of these Gold Star families, how that went down. Um, but now enter the USA Today. And Daniel Funky, I think, or Funk, I don't know how to say his name. But he used <laughs> to work at PolitiFact, and he's got his pronouns in his bio, and he's ready to go on the fact check. So here's what he said. <laughs> New fact check. A viral photo makes it look like President Biden checked his watch during a ceremony honoring U.S service members killed in Kabul. But that's misleading. And then he goes on to fact check it. And he says the full video of the dignified transfer ceremony shows Biden honored each one of the fallen U.S. service members. Biden checked his watch, but he did so after the ceremony had ended. Watch the video for yourself. So there was just one problem with this bold declaration by this fact checker. People saw what they saw with their own eyes. And then they went back and took his word for it and said, all right, I'll watch the video for myself. And what they found was his fact check was just not even close to accurate. So it was so off, in fact. I mean, we've covered these fact checks before, Trey, and they don't often go back. Yeah. I mean, Snopes 
Snopes still hasn't corrected their fact check on on Faithwire when they when they covered our Converse story, which was one hundred percent factual, and yeah. they still gave it a false claim, not even misleading or anything like that, just false. Uh, that's still up there. So I'm amazed that they even corrected it. But U.S. That, that's how that's how obvious they must have thought it was. But here's what it said. Corrections and clarifications. This story was updated September 2nd to note that Biden did check his watch multiple times at the Dignified Transfer <laughs> event, including during the ceremony itself. The rating has on this claim has been changed from partly false to missing context. Ah, the old missing context label. When, it, when all else fails, just give it missing context. So uh, here's what it says is while Biden did pay his respects to the fallen service members photos and video show. He also checked his watch during the ceremony. AP had photos taken 10 minutes apart, showing him checking his watch. Another photo from uh, France distributed by Getty also showed him checking his watch. Um, and so then, so then this uh, fact checker said, as many of you know, this story has been corrected. Biden did check his watch multiple times during the ceremony. I regret the error. I mean, that's the, again, that's the only thing I'm amazed at here, Trey, is that they actually admitted the error. That's usually the strategy these days is just never admit wrongdoing, just double down, and people will retreat into their teams. So uh, observation number two here, um, as per usual with these quote-unquote errors, the initial post got 1,600 re retweets. Any guess on what the correction got? Uh, <laughs> nowhere near nowhere near it he got it got 200 so far as as of yeah. last check on this uh, yeah. uh research that we've been doing for this podcast here so the damage the moral of the story the damage already done observation number three why does it matter i mean it matters because fact checkers are becoming they're honest i was thinking of the office trey they're becoming like <laughs> the modern day gps in the way that you know, we used to have to, I don't know if you're old enough, Trey, I think GPS was probably all around since you got your license, but, you know, I grew up having to, uh, you know, back in my day, you know, we'd have to, when I drove, yeah. we had maps, or you'd have to follow the sun and kind of take your best guess as to which road was going to get you there if you weren't sure. And, uh, but now GPS has made us all just, we don't even look at the maps anymore. We just follow the GPS. And ultimately, I think when you compare that to what we've done with fact checks and not looking up our own facts and being able to look at the map ourselves. We're like Michael and Dwight in the scene from the office when they just follow the GPS right into the lake. It's the computer. It must know what it's talking about. It's going to go right on in there and they just drive right into the lake because they're following the computer. And I, I feel like the country following these fact checkers, we've just driven into the lake. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, you know, I mean, we did the the media did the exact same thing when it came to the story about Hunter Biden. It was just uh, because the yeah. Post had that big bombshell story, and then Twitter uh, blocked it from, you know, suppressed it from being posted. <laughs> right. I mean, not even suppressed it; they blocked you from yeah. even tweeting it. Banned it. Yeah. Uh, Facebook did similar, took similar steps, and then after the election was over, you know, after the damage was already done, and they, you know, was it, you know, the, there was no going back. Then Twitter says, "Oh, we." I think we made a mistake. We probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I think, oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, does it matter at this point? Because the the goal was already achieved uh, in suppressing the story for however long they did. Yeah. Uh, you know, just long enough for the election to be over. So um, it, my point is, is that usually you're right. They don't admit an error. Uh, and two, if they do admit an error, they make sure that it is so conveniently timed <laughs> that it will not matter. Right, it won't um, matter. So, you know, the... 
the cynical side of me wants to thank USA Today, let this story go viral just enough. Like they, they let it get enough traction and then, you know, having known the entire time that it was inaccurate and then they could go back and say, oh, well, shucks, you know, this story is not that accurate. So right. let's just quietly edit it. And then if you want to send out a tweet, you can, but don't delete your first tweet. Right now, Leave the that. first tweet up so it will continue to get retweets. <laughs> it is frustrating and it's the never ending cycle tray that we seem to, uh, be stuck in and we just yeah. you it, it it's on video for everyone to see and they want to tell you that you didn't see what you saw it's just it's right. beyond the pale at this point so it is but anyway on to more joe biden yes. for story number four uh so president biden who has been described by the white house on more than one occasion uh as a devout catholic uh, he said today that he does not agree that human life begins at conception uh, so here are three things you need to know, starting number one with the details. Uh, so Biden made the comments during his press conference this morning when he was asked about the pro-life law implemented this week in Texas. He told reporters that he's a strong supporter of Roe v. Wade and argued the legislation, SB 8, creates a vigilante system where people get rewards to go out and anyway. Uh, so he didn't really ever finish his thought, but he was saying that the, 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 the law, uh, it, since it doesn't empower uh, officials to to, to enforce this law, but instead empowers uh, citizens to file lawsuits against abortion providers, etc., uh, that it creates a vigilante system of justice. Uh, but here's what the, the president had to say, the curious comments he made as a Catholic about conception. I respect people who think that, who don't support Roe v. Wade. I respect their views. I respect them, they, those who believe life begins in the moment of conception and all. I, I respect that. Don't agree, but I respect that. I can impose that on people. All right. So uh, <laughs> number two. Yeah. Uh, so Biden says he's a devout Catholic. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has repeatedly said how seriously and intensely Biden takes his faith. Uh, but what he said this morning flies in the face of longstanding Catholic teaching. And I'm just not certain how he can square that, uh, square that with his faith. So the official doctrine of the church states that human life, quote, must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception. Uh, the catechism goes on to say that from the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which uh, is the invaluable right of every innocent being of life, according to the catechism, like I said, and that drew from Jeremiah 1.5, which states, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Uh, then in 2018, Pope Francis condemned the act of abortion as akin to hiring a contract killer. Uh, interrupting a pregnancy is like eliminating someone, he said during a, an address at the Vatican. Getting rid of a human being is like resorting to a contract killer to solve a problem. Uh, it, it, and then he asked, is it just to resort to a contract killer to solve a problem? And of course, the answer to that question would be no. Uh, so uh, why does it matter? Number three here. Look, Biden wants to have it both ways is how I, I, I see it, Dan. He wants to say that he's devout and that he takes his faith seriously and that he's a deeply religious man, uh, but he doesn't want to be held responsible for any of the theology that's attached to it. Right. Uh, this is, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a good lesson, I think, to all of us that we can't claim to be anything and then reject all of the tenets of that thing. Yeah. It's like if I claim to be a Republican and then I'm, well, I don't like any small government. I, you know, I, I don't like, you know, low taxes and all. So it's like, 
that people would kind of raise an eyebrow at that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Christianity in the Bible just is not a buffet. As believers, we can't just pick or choose. Well, I want this one and this one. I, that that one's a bit too controversial for me, so I'm not going to listen to that verse. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's, it's all or nothing. And I think we certainly can wrestle with and should wrestle with interpretation and understanding of different issues. That's why we have different denominations and, uh, and we have these debates and there are theologians and philosophers who have discussed all this stuff, uh, you know, over the years. But there's not an option. Uh, while there are different interpretations, there's no option that I've ever found to just reject something altogether. <laughs> uh, and that's what Biden seems to be doing with, uh, with life. Yeah. No, and I, I do think there's this disconnect and you get a lot of people who want to cling to something. Um, yeah. You know, they want to claim it like they want to be able to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm part of this faith. And that's a, but then, yeah, their beliefs just keep drifting and drifting. <laughs> and at some point you're thinking, at what point are they going to go, just go ahead and <laughs> you detach lose from it fully? Yeah, yeah, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> you think they'd want to, though. I mean, if you don't believe any of the things, why would you want to be in there? So. Yeah. Uh, but all right, that's all That's all the time we have for today. We made it. We made it through another week. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. Look, it's a, it's a grind getting through this news. It's a crazy news cycle out there. God bless. We hope you have a great weekend. Long weekend. We shall see you back here on Tuesday. God bless.